is uh, the rumours of his death have been greatly exaggerated. Um, by, by yourself. I don't know if you know this, but pe- right. people have been emailing me going, what's going on with mm. you and Ray? You know, like had a falling out? <laughs> not, he's not on the bullshit filter? No, no, no falling out here. Uh, I just got out of rehab. I'm not proud of that, but I am proud of <laughs> making it through. No, I listened to the two shows you did with Trevor, um, and I, I think I was on anywhere from 5 to 10% of those shows because of the soundboard, so... I was there, and I expect a paycheck from those two shows. So I was there. Yeah, you two were dueling each other. You have a falling out. I go this. It, it can't fall out. I own Ray. Yeah, yeah. yeah he yeah. he this does what I tell him to do. His. Yeah, exactly. I have. I pray at the feet of Saint Cameron, the patron saint of podcasters. So no, no, we're all I've good. Just here. Got, I've just I've got Jade Gahuva files on yeah. you, man. And, I, I own you. Yeah, and yeah. if it helps, it didn't cost very much. Um, no one's going to be surprised by that, but it, was, it wasn't like a, there was no commas uh, in the figure. So anyway, anyway. Well, well, I'd like to thank Trevor Bell for filling in for you yeah. during your uh, yeah. vacay. I appreciate your, it. Uh, your monthly vacation. <laughs> Someone's um, got to do it. Yeah. Trevor did want to uh, come back and join us for this show, oh, yeah. uh, this episode, but now he's on vacation. So <sighs> So selfish. Fucking so. My co-hosts uh, just take what is it too many vacations. About you that make people want to go on vacation yeah. so often. That's a good point. It's a good question. <laughs> Tony's not on vacation. He's just been in lockdown for ten yeah. weeks. He so would. He can't if he go could. anywhere. He but yeah. He can't, if he could, so he won't. Yeah. <laughs> So this episode, we're still doing the COVID update for 2021. Yes. Um, I've had a lot of, look, I get a lot of emails about this. Um, right. And uh, comments on Facebook and whatever. And as you'd expect, a lot of people are enjoying them. A lot of people are getting, um, yeah. you know, an update for themselves on it. Um, some people not happy with uh, my conclusions. Oh, and I just want to point out that, um, like, the my approach to doing these shows at the moment is, mm. yes, you know, some people were saying, well, Trevor just agrees with you, and I'm sure Ray will mostly just agree with you, uh, me. Uh, but that's okay. Like, what I'm trying to do in these early episodes is get my head around it. Right. <clears throat> so my approach is just to do my research, get my head around where I think we're at and, and what I think's going on. And it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm right uh, when I do that, but that's just the conclusions that I'm coming to based yeah. on the amount of time I've been able to dedicate to it over the last few weeks. Yeah. Once I get through that, I intend to have dissenters uh, to my conclusions. Yes. Come on. Yes. 
I'll get people to come on and tell me, you know, what they think, why they think I'm wrong, and, and we can, Absolutely. you know, cut it apart yeah. and and try and figure out if I am right or wrong. Like right. I've we've I've had a number of shows I've done on this uh, thing over the last couple of months on the Bullshit Field. Tell me why I'm wrong. So people come on. Yeah. Liam came on. Uh, somebody else came on. I can't remember who the other guy was who came on and told me I was wrong. <laughs> Come and tell me why I'm wrong about stuff. So um, we'll do that with COVID. Um, after I get through, I, you know, I can't have it's too. I can't have people come on and uh, just vomit a bunch yeah. of random data at me right still now because working. I haven't done yeah, my you're prep. Yeah, still working through it. Yeah, I have to do my prep first. Then, then people can come on and tell me why they disagree. Right. And I, I can only imagine the uh, death numbers by then. But that's that's a whole other point. Please continue. Oh, I thought you meant the death threat numbers that too. to me. For- that too. You can't tell it's coming from me, can you? I use different. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so I want to talk about vaccines in this episode. Uh, I got my first jab yesterday. Yes. I think you're fully vaxxed, right, fully, right? You have been for a while. I've had it up and in all the way. Uh, April. April. It was sometime in April. Yes. Jesus. Yeah. I've grown oh. a third testicle, but I'm sure that's unrelated. <sighs> And it's a benefit that they don't what, tell the you testicle? about. Like now you have a spare. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you have a yeah, spare Keep now. a spare. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You never know when it's going to come in handy. Anyway, no, but, uh, since April and Heather got it before, just before me. So, yeah, a couple of months now. And um, as far as I know, no side effects. And, um, you know, when Chrissy posted the other day that she just got her first uh, a couple of weeks ago, some American and Canadian friends were like, what? Why so long? And I just wanted to point out that in Australia yeah. – uh, it's very hard to get vaccinated mm-hmm. in Australia. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta sleep with someone to get vaccinated here. Is v- okay. Very hard right. to find vaccines right. uh, here. We're slowly getting some. We're like a third world country here when it comes. I, to I vaccine. didn't want to say it, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. Like the most common concern that I hear about vaccines uh, from the people who don't want to take it or don't think we should be taking them is that they were rushed into production Mm -hmm. and therefore might have long-term health consequences. Um, Even my doctor, so I I go to the GP clinic, my local GP clinic, didn't see my regular doctor, saw another guy there, and uh, I get it. So, so which one are you getting, AstraZeneca or what? And I said, look, I don't care. I'll take, I'll take whatever you've got. Like, you know, it's like, it's like my Chops weed dealer. Right? What do you got? He's like, what do what, got? Yeah. I don't care. Just, <laughs> Just what do you got? I'll take over. it. You know? Um, and uh, he said, oh, no, are you getting the Pfizer? Are you getting the good one? I said, look, uh, I think AstraZeneca is fine. He goes, well, yeah, but if you can get Pfizer, take Pfizer. I said, yeah, sure, why not? And um, he said, look, um, you know, there are potentially long-term risks right. with this. Uh, I was like, How what? How can you know that? He said, like, uh, he said, you know, well, he goes, you know, we, we don't really know. I said, mm, yeah, we don't know. But I said, it's a bit like Donald Rumsfeld, right? you got your known knowns and your known unknowns and your unknown right. unknowns. What we do know is that if you get COVID, it's bad. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. Not not only, you know, necessarily for the people that are sick in the first place and die, but long COVID, you know, right. it seems to be increasingly prevalent. Yes. We don't know what the long-term effects of this is going to be, and we we like the vaccines. We believe that they're probably pretty safe for most people, but we, you know, we true. We don't know what we yeah. don't know, but we do know what we do know, which is COVID is is bad. bad. Not for everybody. Some people seem to be asymptomatic. Or most people mm-hmm. get it, seem to be asymptomatic or mild symptoms. But we do know that long COVID is uh, is right. a thing too. 
anyway, he said, look, the smartest guy in this building, and, you know, he obviously didn't know who he was talking to, but he said the smartest guy in this building says that it's really safe. And I said, oh, who's that? He goes, oh, it's Kevin O'Dempsey. Now, Kevin is my regular GP. And then this, this doctor, Springfield, said to me, I saw Kevin's my regular. He's the guy that scared me into going to see my cardiologist I was a few months ask. ago, right? Yeah. He said, Kevin, Kevin's the smartest guy by far in this entire clinic. There's like 10 doctors in this right. clinic. He said, um, he actually cares about his patients, unlike the rest <laughs> of us who are just in it for the money. Like a podcaster. And he right? said, right. He said that's, why, that's why Kevin's not giving you the, the vaccine because there's a lot of money in giving people vaccines. Doctors get paid for it. So there you go. That'll... Conspiracy theories will lose their nut over right. that. He said, but, um, you know, it's not really uh, you know involved in diagnosing and solving medical issues. So Kevin's not handing out the vaccine because mm. he doesn't care about the money. He just wants to solve medical issues for people and that's not the waste of his time to do this. He said he actually reads the academic literature, unlike the rest of us that get all of our news from the newspaper. So YouTube. Right, right. Uh, I was like, all right, well, a really, really honest yeah. doctor. That's great. Brutally he said honest. he's read everything and he says it's 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 as safe as you can get with the vaccine. Right. So um but look, like there are genuine objections that people have, and I get that. I, I understand these are genuine things about it being rushed into production, long-term health consequences. You know, there are also the the nutty mm-hmm. objections like Bill Gates is putting microchips in him or Jesus doesn't want him to be vaccinated no. or you know that kind of stuff. People going about my body, my rights, right. which is which is fine. Um, I'm happy for you to die if you don't want to take a right. vaccine. Yeah, I right. guess the concern right. is the concern is the implications for the rest of society if you don't get vaccinated. Right. Or when you tell a, uh, and this gets back to, I was say, or, or when you tell mm-hmm. a woman what to do with her body, I'm up okay with it up until that point as well. But we'll that's for later. Do not. Yeah. And, and you know, you've tried to tell women what to do with their bodies. All I don't think the many time. of them. The time. And like, to just you. like you no, did, yeah. they snickered. Very hurt. <gasps> there was no vaccine you st- for that. Go ahead. Go I've got to tell you a story. I went out to dinner. Uh, we had a QAV dinner here a couple of nights ago, and uh, Hunter and Taylor came along with me. Right. And uh, after the dinner, um, we were waiting at the front of the car park, which had, was locked. Long, that's another story. Right. And um, some woman walked past in her, I'd say, mid to late 20s, and she stopped and she said to one of my boys, uh, so excuse me, is that your father? Pointing at me. And he She's said, yeah, it is. On. She said, I just got to tell you, you've got a very hot father. Nice. And then, uh, Life is good. Off. Life is good. <laughs> yes. I tell you. That yeah, man, yeah. dad bod is paying off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good for the boys you. were like, "Oh shit, hey, yeah." yeah. They did. They said, "Do you get that all the time?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." A little respect. Sitting in my little, I get it. Sitting in my podcast studio, yeah. you know, <laughs> I tell myself that all the time. Um, How much did you pay? Look, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, my body, my rights. Look, we aren't making vaccines mandatory. Um, I had a, I had a look around the world. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like most governments, uh, as far as I can tell, are not making it mandatory. Right. Slippery slope. So you yeah. don't want to take it. You don't have to take it. There are employers, though, mm-hmm. that are mm-hmm. making it mandatory for their employees. Yep. The Pentagon, Qantas, the Canadian government 
uh, going to require all air travellers and passengers on trains to be vaccinated, as well right. as all federal public servants and all employees in federally regulated industries like air, rail, marine transport, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And, and they've got, already got one of the highest vaccination rates in the world in Canada. Right. Lots of countries are requiring them for healthcare workers. Uh, Indonesia has made them mandatory in February. New York City will become the first major US city to require proof of vaccination for customers and staff at restaurants, mm-hmm. gyms, and other indoor businesses. Yeah. So, not many places, governments are making them mandatory for everyone, but it is going to become a situation where there will be societal pressure right. to get Two vaccinated yeah. from your employer or from businesses that you want to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's – I mean, again, I think it just gets back to this part of the social contract stuff that I mentioned in the first episode. Yeah of this series is that if you choose to live in a society, you know, you're basically are signing up for, you're going to take the benefits from society, but you have to give back something to society. And one of those things is you have to, you have to give up some absolute rights yeah, a little bit, and you have, you have to uh, protect the community. Yeah. You have to protect the health and well-being of the community from time to time. You will be called upon to do that if you want to take the benefits of living in a society. Well, it turns out that that's asking too much for a certain percentage of the various countries around the world. And we're seeing this all on the TV's uh, news. And we'll get into this later, but uh, I think it's very ironic how they're in two different ways, which we'll get into in the show, uh, two two different ways that they're actually defeating themselves. And again, not a lot of thinking going on. It's more emotions and more of an abstract concept of, well, I'm an American. That means I can do practically anything I want. Or if you're, if you're a citizen of a Western country, you pretty much feel you can almost do anything you want because that's the whole point of being a citizen of that country. And now we're finding there are limits, but some people are not accepting that. And that, in fact, they're fighting back, literally fighting back. But as I pointed out mm-hmm. in the first episode, there have always been limits. You yes. can't rape and murder and do 100 in a school zone right. and shoot a gun uh, into the ceiling at a, at a saloon anymore. That'd be cool. Uh, you can't just set forest fires for shits and giggles. There, are, there have always been limits on what you can do and what right. you can't do. And it's, this is no different. So people are getting all upset. It's kind of bullshit. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm, I, I'm all for uh, people's um, – right to protest, yes. um, not to walk down the street without a mask in the middle of a pandemic, but to protest in other ways. Right. Uh, if they disagree with a decision that a government's making or a policy that they're rolling out, absolutely. But, yeah. you know, this whole idea that this is a, this is a big issue, like I've, somebody was getting up in my face on Facebook about the idea of a passport, a, you know, a green pass or a vax passport. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's going to divide the country into haves and have-nots. Yes, it will. Don't don't like that. Yeah. I was like, well, hold on. Do you have a driver's license? Yeah. You know, do you have a do you have a regular yeah. passport? You know, the, yeah. these are things that divide countries into the haves and have-nots. Right. Uh, by the way, the guy who was arguing this is a rich guy 
I was like, yeah, you, you, you know, you drive a, what do you, what do you drive? What do you drive? A Porsche? You drive a Porsche. Right. Well, I don't have a Porsche. Yeah. So we're already separated into yeah. the haves and haves nots. You've got a Porsche. I don't have a Porsche. Just fuck off. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> fuck the write off. Yeah. But it's like the whole idea of a passport to demonstrate that you have done something or qualify for something. Yeah. And the holder of that passport gets privileges that people who don't have it don't get. This isn't some sort of brave new world idea. We've right. we've always had those things. Yeah. You can't get your kid into a public school here unless they've been vaccinated for mumps and measles and rubella and all those sorts of things. Yeah. So this and and you know that's been that's been true for decades. Society hasn't fallen apart, just keeps kids safe. Yeah. So it's I think a lot of the uh, a lot of the hysteria around these things is kind of bullshit. Like yes, you know there are potentials for slippery slope stuff with this, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but people are going too far. Yeah. They're, they're, they're getting their knickers in a twist over something that really yeah. is not that big a deal. It's yeah. not not revolutionary these ideas, right? Yeah. When I listened to the uh, two shows that you did with uh, with Trevor, I just sat back, smoked in my cigar and I thought about it. I really zoomed out. I was like, "Okay, okay, well, well and we're going to go into this and so I'm just going to barely graze it, but what it comes down to is we like you said, we know what we know and there's some stuff we don't know, but what it comes down to it's, it's, it's risk assessment. Here's some information we have. We've been gathering it since the COVID broke out and we're getting more and more every day. We put out the vaccines. We tested the hell out of those. Guess what? We're still testing those because we know variants are coming down the down the pike. So we got to be ready for that. So it's risk assessment. And what some of these people are saying is like, I'm not a numbers person. I don't care about the numbers. I, it's this principle. It's this quality. And maybe I can't even articulate it very well because I don't know a lot of words because I only went to middle school. But um, it feels right to me. And and I've been stoked by social media, media to be angry. All I know is that you're trying to do something that I don't want to do. Therefore, I get angry and I really can't defend myself very well, but it feels right. And you're just trying to control me. So it's this abstract thing. But what it really is, is for governments and doctors and for people that have, uh, who read over this stuff, it, it's risk assessment and the odds are in your favor by being vaccinated. They are so much less in your favor by not being vaccinated. And we're doing a numbers game here and we're trying to keep the, uh, the species going. It's not that difficult. But once you get into the minutia of it, that's where they they supposedly think they're finding little things that they can nitpick and suddenly you're you're yelling at each other and you're not getting anywhere and every day that goes by they have a better chance of getting covid while you are generally safe it's risk assessment but that's not good enough for some people yeah but i i kind of get you know as i said many times before mm-hmm. I, I get that people are skeptical about governments and big farmer oh, businesses as they, sh- they should be liars. that's that's very healthy mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. Um, but just because they do lie all the time doesn't mean they are lying about everything all of the time. Right. We have to work out, you know, what's where the truth is, where the lies are. Just because they're using it to uh, make profits doesn't necessarily mean that the uh, uh, underlying fundamentals of what's going on are, are you know, lies yeah. or, or, or fraudulent because businesses, corporations will use everything to try and figure out, particularly if they're run by psychopaths, to, to leverage to make additional profits and gain additional power. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a pandemic, whether it's a, a terrorist attack on 9-11, 
whether it's, uh, I don't know, a global economic uh, collapse. Um, there are all, you know, everyone uh, is looking to figure out how they can uh, uh, squeeze more money, more power, more votes out of all of these yeah. things. But just because they're doing that doesn't mean that it was all fraudulent in the first place. It's just how corporations and governments uh, and psychopaths respond to crises. They see them as opportunities to get pushed through legislation when no one's looking or to to get government handouts and yeah. you know one of the one of the issues that we're dealing with here in Australia is that um at the beginning of the crisis last year government our government our federal government just decided to hand out bucket loads of cash right. to businesses around the country right. under the assumption that they were going I'm to sure. do it tough economically Turns out many of them didn't do it tough. In fact, they had bumper years. Right. And uh, there's a certain social right. pressure. Some some of those businesses then gave the money back to the government and said, thanks, mm. we didn't need it. Um, but other businesses are like, no, fuck you, we're keeping that money. Yeah, we didn't need it, but we're going to keep it anyway. Right. And then are w- wondering why people are, uh, you know, pissing on their shoes when they walk down the yeah. street. It's like, well, hold on, we have to pay for that. Yes. You just got it and you didn't need it. But they're like, nah, screw you. We got money. We're not giving it back. Christmas bonus. We're very nice. Because they're psychopaths. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, the World Health Organization is uh, obviously uh, pushing for vaccinating as many possible, uh, uh, as many people as possible Mm -hmm. in order to curb the spread of COVID so society can get back to some semblance of normality. Um, Just having a quick look at the data from a couple of days ago, I I did some grabs on August 23rd. We're recording this August 27th, so a few Mm. days ago. Um, Spain had uh, 67% of the population fully vaccinated, uh, Canada, 66%. United Kingdom, 62%. France, 56 Italy, 59 Germany, 59 United States, 51 mm. I think Israel's up around about 80 Don't know why it doesn't uh, get on this chart. Yeah, that sounds right. Must be because it's, is- it's yeah. Israel. Um, India, 9.4%. Globally, 25% of people are fully vaccinated, but it's mostly in Western countries, wealthy right. countries, I think, disproportionate. And, and that's a genuine issue. Like people, you know, a um, few people said to me after we did the lockdown episode last mm-hmm. time, when I said the lockdowns aren't, um, there's no evidence that I've been able to see based on all the meta studies coming out of places like Cambridge that uh, lockdowns have had a net negative impact uh, some people have said, well, yeah, that may be true for Western countries, but in third world countries, developing countries, right. it they have. And, and and that's possibly true. Another piece of feedback that I got when I said uh, I was talking with Trevor about um, borders being an issue, uh, where I said that it's never really made much sense to me when Americans say, well, yeah, Australia is doing better than the US because you don't have borders, mm-hmm. you're an island. Yeah. Um, some people pointed out that well, that's different in Europe because of their long tradition of open borders, and they don't have so they don't have a lot of border controls. Yeah. They did try and implement border controls in the EU right. last year and had varying levels of success with that, but they don't have a lot of border control um, infrastructure there anymore because they've had relatively open mm-hmm. borders for the last 
whatever it is now, 30 right. years. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 when I was talking about the border argument, I was talking mostly about the American uh, position right. on that. Europe, I, I acknowledge, is probably a different yeah. kettle of fish. Well, it, Harder to yeah, control. It's not so much, as you well know by now, and maybe it was a little less obvious uh, before the vaccine, but um, uh, in America, it wasn't so much about our borders. It was so much about the certain segment of citizens who weren't willing to go along with things that you know we could do before the vaccines, social distance, wash your hands, that kind of stuff. So uh, we, we were there was a certain percentage of us resisting all along. It's just more obvious now that there is a vaccine that you can take that's free it doesn't cost you anything directly and they're just refusing to do it so it was i think it's always been more about resistance than borders with us and and that's not going to change anytime soon yeah i think that's the case as well you know there may be cases of the virus coming in over the border but i think it's it's uh small small beans to what your main issues are Surveys conducted in 15 countries in August, uh, 47,000 interviews in the United States and about 5,000 interviews in the other 14 Mm -hmm. countries, talking about uh, vaccine opposition rates. Uh, In Russia, people who are unwilling to get vaccinated, 27% Mm. of Russians are unwilling to get vaccinated. The US comes in number two, 17% of the population. USA. Uh, Germany, it's 13. France, it's 11. Australia is 9. UK is 9. Italy is 8. South Korea, 8. Japan, 8. Canada, 8. Mexico, 5. Spain, 5, etc., etc. So um, I don't really have any theories on why Russia and the USA are so much higher than the rest of the world. I mean, America tends to have a lot of... um, and a conspiracy mm-hmm. theorists at the moment tends to be, pol- and it's be- it's become politicized. Right. COVID yeah. there, I don't know why in Russia it's such a big issue though. I don't yeah. know if it's a religious thing or if it's uh, just anti-government. Uh, I'd love to know what the theories are in right. Russia. And you know, do they think it's Bill Gates trying to put chips in their head, or do they think it's <laughs> Vladimir right. Putin trying to put chips well, in there. I think I don't the really question know. for those twenty-seven percent of the Russians are they're like, which which vaccine am I getting? Am I getting the one that Moscow or Russia created? Yeah, I'll give that a miss. Thank you very much. I'll wait for the Pfizer. I, I have no idea, but I remember when they came out with their vaccine, there was a lot of mm, that's that's pretty damn quick, and the, uh, some people have a you know long-standing reason not to trust Putin. So so maybe the leader or the reputation of the leader has something to do with that. Yeah, could be. Although, you know, uh, a lot of Australians don't like our leader, but our vaccine unwilling rates uh, yes. half of America's and a third of Russia's. So, there's. I don't know. I mean, I don't think people think he's Vladimir yeah. Putin. But we well, don't as like we're going to see later on in the show, um, there was. Um, oh God, the Washington Post did a survey. They they stuck with some people because they knew that the Pfizer vaccine was going to be approved by the FDA pretty soon. So they got, I think, like two or between two and 3000 people. And they asked some questions about, you know, why aren't you going to get vaccinated? And would you be more likely to be vaccinated when the FDA approves it? A lot of, uh, a certain percentage of them, a respectable percentage of them said, I would seriously consider getting it after the FDA. Well, the FDA has done it now. They went back to those people. 
and out of 2,800, one person said, oh no, yeah, I, I would get it now. So it was one person that changed their mind and they couldn't even fucking get it because they just got COVID. They got the Regeneron or whatever it's called. And now they have to wait 30, no, 90 days before they can get it. So that did not make the majority of the people who were questioned by the the, well, uh, the Washington Post feel any better about it, whether it was because it was another government entity or what, but um the people who conducted the survey said, look, people who don't get the, the vaccine are not getting it for several reasons, not just one. So it's not that they're not moving the goalposts. It's just that, I guess, society or the government hasn't met all of their qualifications. And I'm like, that's fine, but they could end up in the hospital way or the grave way before then. But for them, it's a very complicated, convoluted issue. And when it's something like that, there's a good chance they may never get vaccinated unless because it, it does become mandatory like you were saying a moment ago probably won't because i don't think governments want to go there mm. yeah I, I mean i think they do want to go there i think they're just probably yeah gonna sure. try and figure out it's yeah. wise not <laughs> they're gonna go yeah. with yeah let's let's well let's figure out january 6th first and then we'll worry about pushing people around some more let's what's, let's, what's let's wait january 6th Oh, when they stormed the Capitol oh, yeah, right. in, yeah. in America. Well, yeah. I don't think the rest yeah. of the world gives a shit about that, just the United States. Is it? No, I was America-centric. Yeah, of course you were. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> the same study, in terms of reasons why people are opposed to getting the vaccine, uh, the main mm -hmm. one seems to be they're concerned about side effects. In Australia, 46% of people said they were concerned about side effects, 31% said they were worried that the clinical trials moved too fast. 5% um, mm -hmm. don't think the vaccine will be effective. 6% don't trust the companies making vaccines. 6% say that the risk of them getting COVID is small. Uh, those numbers are pretty much the same around the world. They vary slightly, but it seems looking at this chart that the main objection that people have is that they're concerned about the side effects. So I want to right. talk about the, what the side effects are and are not. I want to talk about how the vaccines mm -hmm. work. Um, before right. we do that, let's recap how viruses work and how general vaccines work. You and I did this back on our anti-vax uh, miniseries mm -hmm. a few years ago, but just as a recap. Right. So when viruses get inside your body, they inject your cells with their DNA or their RNA. And uh, for people who don't remember their high school biology, uh, DNA makes RNA, RNA makes proteins, proteins make us is the way that we were always taught it in uh, high school. Right. So it's, it's a blueprint for your cells, tells your uh, cells to make more copies of the virus. So they, it gets injected mm -hmm. into your cells and your cells then start becoming virus uh, machines, generating viruses, little virus factories. Right. Now, your immune system is designed to attack any antigen, any protein, virus, or bacteria that doesn't belong in your body. Stranger danger. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like a, Stranger yeah, I was danger. trying to attack you uh, in Vegas. Uh. I was like, no, you don't belong in my body. Get out. <laughs> Uh, Too late. I'm already. We shot that. We shot anyway, that whole video continue. in Vegas, and with the intention of selling it to schools as an educational tool about how viruses right. work. Oddly, Imagine Ray's dick in my ass is a virus. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. Didn't take. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't pick it up. I don't know what went wrong with their plan. No. They, only fans, fans only, whatever hey, it's called. They yeah. d- they, yeah. They've decided they're still doing porn. We're back, baby. <laughs> hey, we're, we're back, back baby. Yeah. We're Don't back. forget, go check out our <laughs> OnlyFans channel. Uh, it's just, it's mostly videos it's Ray of Ray in camp. his uh, yep. budgie smugglers just combing his back hair. Um, yep. you know, You're not yeah. wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but it's sexy. It's sexy. Your immune system will anyway. attack anything that doesn't belong in your body, but... It, it, it takes a few days uh, usually to learn mm. how to attack it. It, it, right. it. It's pretty, you know, it's a pretty good system, but it's not great. It's yes. not the fastest at this. Could it be could better. be better. Like, yeah, right. we, we, we didn't get the yeah. top-of-the-line body model when God was building it. He was like, well, you know, I'm going <laughs> to... How about a medium? Yeah, medium effectiveness. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty... It's pretty good. Yeah. We'll save some money. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, like it, it, yeah. It, it, it's here... Yeah. It needs yeah. to be up here. He just ran out <laughs> of money for RAM. You know, it's like running your computer on like yeah. 400K yeah. of RAM. Yeah. Be it's fine. like, eh, it's They'll slow. Look, it'll get there. It's just a slow. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, Most of it's, us are it's like, what's that TikTok you keep sending me? God and Angel, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Angel <laughs> said to him, why don't we just go ahead and, you know, put 16 gig of RAM in him? And he's like, ah, yeah. no one's ever yeah. going to need 16 yeah. gig of RAM. That's overkill, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, and if you do, how do you go up from there? Yeah. No, we've no, only we'll, got we'll build two up. slots. And, if we fill it yeah. all up, you know, right, right. So, and God's a big picture guy. He's like, most of the people will survive. I'm good. Yeah, we don't need everybody yeah, we don't to survive. Know. We, like, we probably made it's too overkill. many of them anyway. <laughs> it was too easy to have more. The pain. Anyway, go ahead. He made uh, um, what's his face in the Matrix. Humans, Mr. Anderson, are disease, and we are the cure. Cure. Um, Love it. It takes a few days, is my point, for the immune system to develop antibodies and attack it. In that few days, your body is producing the virus. You can get sick. Eventually, though, hopefully, uh, your immune system will get control of it before your body is overwhelmed by the symptoms of the virus. Now, as everyone yes. knows, there are two main different kinds of vaccines uh, that have been developed for COVID, and both use a new kind of vaccine tech. And this is one of the reasons right. when people think it was developed really too quickly, it was developed mm-hmm. very quickly compared to vaccines that have been produced in the past. But right. that's due to a combination of things. Um, one is the new tech that they were using to develop this, which in and of itself scares people a little bit. Anything new scares people. Right. Um, and secondly, the timeline for developing and licensing and distributing, manufacturing and distributing it was massively compressed because it was a global emergency. There was billions right. of dollars thrown at it, massive focus, massive attention, um, lot yeah. governments collaborating with you know pharmaceutical companies and and uh, mm-hmm. making sure that it, it got out to the market as quickly as possible. Um, Absolutely. Were corners cut? Yes, maybe. Normally you would take segments. Yeah. yeah. Normally you would um, you know spend years testing these things, but mm-hmm. you know you have a moral 
quandary when you've got a virus that's killing millions of people Good point. and it's yeah. shutting down global economy and global travel and there are lockdowns and they have effects and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, well, morally, what's the right thing to do? Do we spend a few years uh, massively testing this and just let people die and economies uh, stay slammed shut or do we... You know, mm-hmm. do the best job that we can do as quickly as possible and get it out there and and hope for the best. Right. Um, and that was obviously what was decided. Yeah. Now, yeah. Uh, when we did our uh, anti-vax show a few years ago, I remember we talked about the, the, the way that a vaccine is typically made. There are different ways of making vaccines, but the yeah, your classic vaccine for other sort of viruses is you take a weakened or a dead bit of the virus and mm-hmm. that gets turned into a serum, and the serum gets put in the body, and then the body goes, oh, what's that? Oh, that doesn't belong here. Develops antibodies Attack. for it. And yeah. uh, it, it, it can then, you know, it has like memory cells, B cells, that uh, can recognise mm-hmm. that uh, virus that ever sees it again, and it will automatically goes, oh, that thing. Oh, I know that thing. Yeah. I know what to do with that, right? Um, the, now, yeah. the... AstraZeneca and the Johnson & Johnson vaccines take the COVID DNA and put it inside a harmless virus shell as a carrier. Right. This is called an adenovirus vaccine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it works. It's got some pros and some cons. Uh, the major drawback to this approach is that your immune system will, over time, learn to attack the carrier virus delivery system so future booster shots will become less effective your immune system will shut down the carrier virus before it gets a chance to release the covid virus uh, which is what you want your immune system to be tackling and of course there's the issue with the tts and the blood clots which i'll get to uh, a little bit later the Mm. pfizer and the moderna Vaccines are based on a different kind of new tech. This is the um, mRNA vaccines, messenger RNA, right. which are, are new but not unknown. Researchers have been studying and working with mRNA vaccines for decades, studied them and the, the application of them for other viruses, flu, Zika, rabies, etc. But... Um, you know, injecting them into humans on a mass scale is a new thing, and I think this has people worried. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm going to go way out on a limb here, but I'll keep it short and sweet. I read one article where it said, and I'll because it was mostly about the Pfizer, but it's probably Moderna as well. Tell me if I got this basically right. Is when it injects it into your arm, it already it just goes ahead and tells the cells or however to use proteins to produce COVID fighting proteins or COVID fighting something, even though you don't, you do not have COVID yet. One guy who did not like it compared it to getting chemo before you have cancer. That was kind of his uh, complaint against it. Um, But again, it turns out to be, as we're going to go into the numbers in a little bit, one of the more effective of the three. And so it was something new, but for right now in the short term, and that's what they were focused on the short term, it does seem to have done the job. It's pretty effective. It's certainly compared to uh, the the AstraZeneca. 
Yeah, well, the, this technology is, is is kind of brilliant. So as we mm-hmm. all know, we've all seen the photos um, or artist representations. The COVID virus is covered in spikes, right. a bit like you and your dick in Vegas trying to inject it into me. And so I got cream for it. What so they move off that? Yeah. What they did is they worked out when they had sequenced the DNA of um, SARS-CoV-2 COVID mm-hmm. virus. They figured out what part of the DNA produces the spikes, just the spikes. Now, COVID uses the spikes to inject its RNA into your cells. Mm -hmm. Uh, But so what they do is they they developed the the vaccine just based on the spike proteins. It's a bit like um, you know me me building a vaccine to tell my body just to recognize your dick. It doesn't need to recognize right. Ray, but it just <laughs> it recognizes just the dick. This. It goes, the oh, the dick. Weird shaped thing with a mole on it. Right. Yeah. yeah no, I it's, got you. It's uh, a centimeter long, and oh, uh, generous. Thank and you. three inches wide, and for some strange reason, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> Researchers took the RNA of the virus, worked out which part of it builds the spikes, built that into uh, this thing called messenger RNA. So that gets injected mm-hmm. into your upper arm muscle and it tells your body to build the spikes, not the virus, right. just the spikes. Just the spikes, ma'am. So your cells build spikes in large volumes, then your... Uh, your, your immune system goes, oh, what's that? That's not good. We're, we'll have to right. uh, uh, get rid of those. So it attack. builds a- antibodies that will attack yeah. the spikes. It destroys the spikes. It also destroys the mRNA that's been injected into your body. And right. again, you're just left with these B cells, these memory cells. Then if the yeah. virus, the actual virus gets into your body, uh, your, your, your immune system recognizes the spikes, destroys oh, yeah. everything, and uh, you you should be safe. Right. So the downside with these that we know of is that mRNA vaccines need to be kept very, very cold up until they're administered, mm-hmm. which isn't ideal. Right. But both of these vaccines, uh, these approaches, uh, are actually very quick. So, you know, one of the reasons why developing vaccines in the traditional sense is slow is uh, when you're using dead bits of a virus Mm -hmm. is you first have to produce massive quantities of the virus and then get the get bits of those and build them into serums it's it's lengthy and quite dangerous process because you don't want that virus to to leak out of the lab Right. Um, what they're able to do because of this mRNA technology is they have the code, so they just build this stuff. Yeah. Okay, Digital. well we know how to yeah. we know how to, yeah we know how to build we know how to build uh, RNA now, yeah, so right. we can just do it in massive quantities. We don't need to build the virus first and then build the serum from that. So massive global effort, billions of dollars throwing at it very quickly, overlapping timelines for research, trials, manufacturing, licensing, distribution, etc. It was it was rushed, yes, but it was done so for obvious reasons. And it was yeah. it was sped up because of um the urgency, the funding that was immediately made available uh, because of the global crisis and because mm-hmm. of this new technology, which is faster to produce these sorts of things. 
Faster, better, stronger. <laughs> we have the technology to rebuild yeah, him. Exactly. I heard Marky Mark was making a film version of that a few years ago. Probably got hit by COVID. I'm not sure, but uh, right, that might be wise. I would, I I don't would know. love. I would love, would love a to remake see of the Six Million Dollar Man. Oh hell I, yeah, man! Yeah, if it's a movie, as long as they keep the sound it. effects, you go. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Even a TV keep series, that. I do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're more forgiving. So. I want yeah. to work. I want to move on to whether or not they work, okay. um, and the, then we'll talk about the risks associated with them. Right. And the question about the work. Look, I, I didn't get time to really uh, back this up, but my feeling is. Tell me if you agree. My feeling is the story about vaccines that we've been sold has changed over the course yes. of the last year. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was. Maybe I just wasn't paying good enough attention. But my feeling is a year ago we were being told that, look, when we have a vaccine, um, every, everything will go back to normal. Everything will be fine. Um, right. You know, it'll all be like, boom, Just happy days are here rewind. again. Yes. Yeah. Everything will be, you know, yeah, it'll be like. Uh, Woo! <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, and then. Just real quick. Like, I, I don't, don't, don't you mm. think it was disingenuous? And yet, a pretty good play to keep everybody, because basically they needed the governments needed to gain time. Let's tell the people what they want to hear. We know we are never going back to 2019. That is just not going to happen. But just just between you and me and whoever's listening. But if you were the government official, let's and someone said, let's tell people once we have a vaccine, it'll go right back to the way it was. You know that's not true, but it was probably a good message with good effects at the time. Does that make sense? Yeah, look, that, that, that was possible. And again, I, I, I didn't. I ran out of time this week sure. to go back and dig up lots of old news stories about how it was being sold. But uh, you know, I think obviously a lot of things have changed too um, mm. since then. You know, the, these were being developed pre-Delta taking over, and we know that Delta's changed the game with the right. vaccines. Yes. We always kind of knew that there would probably be mutations because that's how viruses tend to work. We know mm. that. Uh, we didn't know exactly what those mutations were going to look like, but uh, we did know that it, there was potential that they would be worse in some ways, more virulent, more deadly, whatever. And, you know, Delta seems to at least be be, be more virulent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it may be a combination of they were just trying to uh, give everyone some hope. Maybe right. it was a case that, well, things actually did change and so the story had to change. Good point. I, I, but my... My recollection of how it was originally sold is no one was really going to get sick from the virus anymore. You might catch it, but you mm. wouldn't get sick. There might be some breakthrough cases like where people would be fully vaxxed. Yeah. 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 And I remember when people first started to get the virus after they had been fully vaccinated, the media mm. stories were like, oh, well, there's a few breakthrough cases. Like it was a, it was a relatively... Um, small affair that you know you know yeah you're always going to get a very small percentage of people that are vaccinated and because our immune systems are all different our biologies are all different in minor ways these things don't always work you know 100% effectively right but as we've seen in places like Israel now and the UK in particular very high vaccination numbers and their case numbers are at an all-time high yes now yes um now 
again, they've they've sort of opened up while vaccinated, whereas before, when they're at an all time high, they were locked down and unvaccinated. The numbers were high, so you know that's obviously you got more people that are being exposed because they haven't been locked down and they're probably not following PPE. Uh, sure. recommendations as much as they were back then. So, yeah, you would expect that as community starts revolving again, even if you just have vac- uh, breakthrough cases, the numbers are going to be high. Yeah. But it seems to be you know a lot bigger issue, fully vaccinated people catching it and being able to transmit it yes. than we were at least sold. I don't know if that's what everyone believed, like uh, mm-hmm. scientists believe was going to happen a year ago it's certainly what i think we were sold on yeah um however what does seem to be working well is even though case numbers are very high in places like israel and uh the uk mm-hmm. uh, uh hospitalizations and deaths aren't following uh as you know badly as they were in previous waves when case numbers were high. So the, the the conclusion there is that the vaccines are working to prevent hospitalizations, ICUs and deaths. Uh, not 100% effective, of course, but they're doing a pretty good job. Yeah. If, if I could real quick, and I don't want to throw you off, but uh, yeah, so as far as um, what we're finding in the states is that in 43 states, um, the case, the number of cases are going up. In 42 states, the number of deaths are going up, but it's still, in some ways, still building up. You know, after January, we got the vaccine, the number started going down. We almost felt like we were going to uh, go back to normal or whatever. But the sad truth now is, is that the Delta variant is not your daddy's virus that you know that was the first version now this is the second version it's uh the delta variant claims 98 percent of the new cases in the united states it's 60 percent more transmissible missable but the point i wanted to make real quick is everything you're saying is right we're going to go into the numbers i got some good numbers from the mayo clinic and the cdc but at the end of the day what's happening now with the delta variant because it is so much more transmissible the kids are getting it. Kids under 12 who can't be vaccinated or kids who are under 18 who are not yet vaccinated. So what's happening in America, obviously in Florida, and I'm sure you know this already, is that somewhere between 20 and 30 percent of the new cases in Florida are people who are under the age of 18. And a lot of them are unvaccinated. So I we do have a good vaccine. It's a pretty good system for all of the rushing that we had to do. Pretty solid. And we'll go into a, a lot of that later. But what's happening now is the unvaccinated are truly becoming the new victims of the Delta variant. And so for all that hard work, for all the billions of dollars and the all coming together of the new of these scientific communities, in some ways, we are starting over because now we have to deal with young, unvaccinated people. And what are we going to do for them? So the game has changed and we just need to keep up with it because it's going to keep changing. This, this is only you know one of many variants that's going to be out there. And that's just the new reality that we live in. And it's so scary. A lot of people don't even want to think about it, much less actually try to deal with it. And I'm mostly talking about parents. Yeah. Look, it, the whole thing about kids, you know, that story obviously has changed a lot over the last 18 months as well. Mm-hmm. Initially, we were told here that, um, you know, kids were fine. Don't have to worry about kids. They don't get it. If they get it, they don't transmit it. So schools, schools, you know, didn't have to wear masks. There wasn't really Mm -hmm. uh, any issue with schools. Schools remained open for periods of time. Um, 
But again, that was with the alpha yes. variant. With the delta variant, things seem to be different. And even though, I mean, there have been cases here of teenagers mm-hmm. dying, not many, right. uh, one, I can think, maybe two. But uh, they are definitely spreading oh. it. We've had a number of schools that were super spreader events here in Brisbane. When we had our eight-day lockdown here a couple of weeks ago, that was as a result of it getting into schools, a couple of schools mm-hmm. in Brisbane. Kids got it. Kids then spread it to their parents. Parents spread it to everybody. Right. Right? But kids still don't typically tend to get very sick or, or die mm-hmm. even from Delta. But the concern, apart from the fact that they become spreaders of it, this, transmitting right. it, it's the long COVID stuff that I think I'm worried about if kids get yeah. it. Like we don't know yet. We do know that long COVID is real. We don't really know the full extent of it yet because, you know, if you get COVID and you recover from it um, and you're like, oh, well, that was fine. You know, I got over it. I was a bit crook for a yeah. few days or whatever, a sniffle, yeah. and I, but I was fine. It's no, no worse than a flu. Three months later, you're still tired. You got brain fog. But you may not connect the thing. You know, I, I've been tired and had brain fog for the last four years, Ray. Like, I don't – that's just normal for me. You know, I probably – I don't go to a doctor and go, What's up? Oh, just not – just not – who you are. You know, just – Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't know that a lot of people that have the symptoms recognise that it might be long mm-hmm. COVID and they're not going out and getting it tested. So we don't really know the full extent of it yet. That, far, But we do know it's real. We just don't know what the long-term consequences of this are. You know, people talk about the long-term consequences of a vaccine. We don't know. That's yeah. true. But again, that's an unknown unknown. The known, known is that long COVID yes. is real. So we, we've we got a real thing that we really know about that really exists versus a thing that is possible but we don't really right. know and I don't we don't have any real evidence to believe that there are long-term consequences of mRNA vaccines being bad for us. We'll get into more about some of the science around that in yeah. a minute. But what we do know is that long COVID yeah. is real and I, I don't want my kids getting it and, and um, you know, having Absolutely. issues. For a year, two years, five years, yeah, ten years, for the rest you know. Of their lives. Yeah. <clears throat> but being being uh, getting immunized is, I think we use this analogy back in the old show. It's, it's a bit like a seatbelt, yeah. right? It won't always stop you from getting injured in an accident, right. but you're much more likely to be okay after an yeah. accident if you're wearing a seatbelt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not a hundred percent effective, hundred mm-hmm. percent of the time for hundred percent of people. What is? But statistically, you're much better off if you're wearing a seatbelt and you're involved in an accident. Yeah. When but I was, this- um, I, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. You, I was just going to, you've I was been cutting me off for eight to- years. When, when are you going to stop apologizing <laughs> for cutting me off? That's just it's, how this, it's what's I stop. Right, if I hear you talking you and you right. just, you don't have to apologize okay. every, we'll you, see. You know, I got to beat this southern gentleman thing out of you eventually. Just you, you've done, you've just you've done talk. a lot. You've come very, you've come a long way. You've come a long just, fucking way. Almost just, there. Just talk. Almost there. Just okay, say what you want so to say. It's. I just want to add on to that because I, I came up, and I'm sure I didn't come up with this, but I came up with it for me. So it's August of 2021. We've been doing um, tons of research, tons of testing, which we'll go into in just a second. But here's here's the like the, the very end result. If you're an adult and you get one of the um, vaccines, based on all the testing and the research that we've done, and they'll keep doing that, 
we can pretty much give you some good ideas of well, about what's going to happen and what's not going to happen. It's going to be a range. We're not going to get it right, but it's going to be, you know, we got some ideas. We got, we, we, we can give you some educated guesses. If you are not vaccinated and you get COVID, you, even though it's your own body, you have no fucking idea what's about to happen to you because this is the first time is your body going to fight it back and do a good job and just get some sniffles. Is it going to not do that at all? And boom, you got to be rushed to the hospital. Are you, are you going to die in the waiting room? You have no idea because this is the first time. So vaccines, research, pretty good knowledge, pretty good educated guess, not vaccine, buddy. Anything can fucking happen and it probably will. And, and again, it's all risk assessment and general knowledge and that knowledge is growing and people who are willing to take that kind of risk scare the shit out of me. I just wanted to add on to what you were saying. Mm. It's like when you invited me to your hotel room in Vegas. I didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> so you don't it know. Was, it was yeah. brand new. So the sky's the limit. Of course, it was only two minutes, but it was still the sky and the clouds for me. Go ahead. Now, compared with the earlier forms of the virus, the Delta strain is like a viral hurricane. It's far more infectious. Yeah. Uh, it prevents a bigger challenge to the vaccinated immune system. But that mm. said... Again, uh, hospitalization rates, ICU rates, and uh, fatality rates yeah. in highly vaccinated countries are a lot lower than they were during earlier waves. So even though it's far more dangerous in some ways, mm -hmm. the Delta virus, we're doing a much better job at handling it. Oh, oh, you know, also, I think we've got a much bigger, much better handle on how to treat uh, cases when they come in as well. Right. Sure, there's a lot of reasons why the the ICU and fatality rates are down, but um, some of it has to do with the vaccines. Now, one of the problems, uh, as I understand it, with uh, the, the way that the vaccines deal with coronavirus is the antibodies uh, exist in our blood, but mm -hmm. the virus tends to enter via your nasal cavity. So right. um, yeah, you, you can get it other ways, but you know if you touch something and maybe scratch your eye or something like that, it could get in. But most people are getting it through airborne mechanisms. Mm -hmm. uh, and the antibodies that we have in our nose are different to the antibody system that we have in our bloodstream. Uh. So it can get into your nose and you can transmit it from your nose by breathing out. Right? Mm -hmm. If it's generating stuff in your nose, it's only when it gets into your bloodstream that your immune system will kick in and take care of it. Gotcha. So um, you can still get it. Not You won't get as sick from it, but you can still transmit it if you're mm -hmm. walking around uh, before your, your immune system's had a chance to, to get in and kill it off. Yeah. Um, but how do we measure the effectiveness of it, uh, Ray? Like it's, it's interesting because if when you go looking for clinical trials and peer-reviewed studies in medical journals, some of them are dated from 2020 and they're, they're dealing with the earlier strains. So mm -hmm. they're kind of a little bit out of date now. Like there's a lot of yeah. studies talking about how effective the vaccinations are, but they're kind of out of date. You, you kind of need to look at, I think, more recent studies that have been done in the last few months based on the Delta variant because that's really what we're dealing with now. Yeah. If I could real quick, before we move on, I, let me just give a couple of numbers real quick, and then we can go into how do we know, you know that it's effective. But this is what the Mayo Clinic using CDC numbers found, just to give everybody a quick idea. So Pfizer, 
91% effective against preventing the coronavirus, the, the corona disease virus with symptoms in people who are 16 and older. So that's 91%. It's 89% effective with people who have health conditions like diabetes, obesity, that kind of stuff. And it appears from what we know for right now, obviously this has got to go on, that it, it does do well against the variants. We're just not sure how well. So again, Pretty good numbers. We'll know more as it goes on. Moderna, roughly the same thing, 94%, 94% effective um, with the symptoms, 90% effective if you're at least 16 or you're, or you're obese and, and diabetes. And again, pretty good against the variants. Johnson & Johnson, it does drop down to 66% effective with if you have symptoms, 85% with, with severe illness. And again, pretty decent, at least 50% when it comes to the variants. We'll know more. So the point is, there have been, well, and we're going to get into this now. How do we know no, that? Big difference between what? 91% and 50%. It is. I know I'm very happy to have the Pfizer, and I'm glad that you got the Pfizer because we plan on podcasting for fucking decades to come. And yes, oh, that God, is a threat. Man. Yeah. Kill me. <laughs> you're killing me. Yeah. So. So, so your, so your question is, how do we know? And I, and I'll just get this started because I didn't know any of this before we, before we get ready for the show. And then I'll let you take over. So, per the CDC website, obviously the va- vaccine manufacturers um, conduct trials. That makes sense. Trials are conducted by government agencies. That makes sense. Uh, trials are, are conducted by academic investigators, almost like a, a, a gap stop, just to make sure you've got this independent thing. But then I did not know this. The CDC through government funding, sets up um, four different ways to gather information. And so when the CDC has information, trust me, they have gone through tons of material. And I'll just zip through this real quick. The CDC sponsors some facilities that are long-term care uh, for people, older people. Uh, Think of it as an old folks home. But the, the stipulation is if you come here and you probably get a reduced rate because it's government sponsored, we're going to test you for everything. We're going to test you for COVID, just everything. And we're going to draw your blood. It's just going to be a part of your life here. And all that information goes to the CDC. And also, have you had the vaccine? Have you not? Are you, are you overweight? Do you have high blood pressure? They're going to test everything and they're going to put it into their database. Also, the medical staff at these facilities, no matter their age, they get tested as well. So the CDC is getting all that information. But they also have three other sources, and I'll just do this real quick. Everybody who's in the healthcare system, the frontline workers, they get tested. All their information goes to the CDC. If you go into the hospital, whether you're a minor, whether you're an adult, even though it's broken down per the CDC, all that information goes to the CDC and along with all of the um, other things about your medical history. So the CDC and other organizations have tons of information. So if they are giving these numbers... um, whether you like the numbers or not, I certainly feel better about the numbers based on the fact that they seem to gather tons of information. And once it's into the database, they can extrapolate in any, any way they want. Give me the numbers on the Native Americans in New Mexico above the age of 18. You know, give me all the whites over 65 in Florida. They could break it down like that because it's in the database and it comes from a lot of different places. And it was that kind of detail that made me feel better about trusting the CDC, about getting the, uh, I'm, I'm glad, again, I'm glad I got the Pfizer one. But again, these people, not perfect. They're humans. And I'm sure there's government pressure at times to do things uh, they probably don't want to do. But these do seem to be very serious, dedicated professionals who are using information and not a Ouija board to come up with their numbers. Mm. So, that's so uh, yeah. The stats that I've got 
um, are a little bit different to mm-hmm. your stats. Um, I mean, like there's there's one of the challenges here is there's a million studies, mm-hmm. and, and all the mm-hmm. studies are sh- slightly different, and it, it you know. You, it's very difficult to find good meta-analysis of all these studies yet, particularly with some of the new stuff like uh, effectiveness against Delta and right. some of these highly vaccinated countries and that kind of stuff. Um, the one that I'm using is uh, I got on the New England Medical Journal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically suggesting that based on a large study they've done, uh, you know, it's about, I think, 20,000 people between October 2020 and May 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, both vax, uh, all, all, you know, both major forms of the vaccine um, are uh, pretty effective against both the alpha and delta variants. They're saying eighty-seven point five percent average um, after two doses against alpha, and seventy-nine point six percent against delta. Mm-hmm. But look, there are different studies that show different levels of effectiveness. Um, the bottom line, I think, is that they seem to be effective. Yeah, how effective? What yeah. percentage? Uh, that's a matter of some debate still. Right. But they tend to work. And by effective, we mean preventing symptomatic or asymptomatic infection. Mm-hmm. So you, you might still be carrying it in your system and being able to transmit it, but you're not getting sick with it. It's not. Right. Um, it's not running right in your system. Or you probably won't end up in the hospital for days or weeks or intubated. Um, that's the whole point is to keep you out of the hospital. Yeah. Well, that's part of it. But it's also so it doesn't take hold and increase the viral load that your system's carrying, which, right. you know, the, the more copies of the virus your body has, theory is the the more likely you are to spread it to mm-hmm. others. Yeah. So it, it, it prevents it taking hold and... Um, uh, generating load, but again, as we said, massive case numbers in places like Israel and the UK. So it's not a hundred percent effective right. at even doing that. Don't tempt it. Uh, it's but like as God. we said, you don't know, tempt we, it. 90 percent. But you know, still, if you've got fifty million people that are vaccinated mm-hmm. and it's not effective in ten percent of those people, that's still five million people. Right. right, that the vac aren't going to be prevented from have, ending up as a case uh, if they get infected. And plus, if you add so on another ten million large numbers, right? I'm vaccinated. Then it's when it really the the numbers because you, you you were talking about the numbers earlier, and America in like other places. Um, yeah, our big problem, just like a lot of other countries, is the unvaccinated. So our hospitals are full up. Three hospitals in Houston, which obviously is a massive place, it has like six million residents. Uh, three hospitals in Houston said, do not under any circumstances bring anybody to the emergency rooms at our hospitals. We are past full. We will turn you away. And so we're we're basically right back to where we were in January in a lot of places. Obviously, Florida, Texas, um, Alabama, Mississippi, that kind of stuff. Our numbers are astronomical, but they're mostly unvaccinated. So that's the crisis that we're in is because of the unvaxxed. Yeah, I've got stats here that this is, again, probably, I don't know, a week or so old, but right. it said that 91% of intensive care hospital beds in Florida were occupied. Yes. And uh, 50% of the state's ICU beds were occupied by COVID patients. Mm-hmm. And 97% of those hospitalized with COVID uh, were unvaccinated. Yes. Jeez. So nearly all unvaccinated right. uh, people 
crashing your ICU system. Yeah. We don't have to be here. But, um, but yeah. Again, this date is probably a week or so old, but I had um, over the past week in the US, the mm-hmm. 10 least vaccinated states were averaging about three per cases per capita, three times per cases per capita than the 10 most vaccinated states. Come on, Sal. And 4.3 times more hospitalizations per capita and 6.5 times more deaths per capita. That's from the New York Times. Yes. So there seems to be a connection between vaccinated states Mm -hmm. uh, and less hospitalizations and deaths by, by a significant margin. Yeah. What if I die 10 years from now? Uh, that would suck. If What if I die directly because of the vaccine? That would absolutely suck. But I think I read somewhere that if you do have a reaction, it's normally within a certain amount of time. It's a very short window or whatever. So the, so the, the longer that we go and we don't have these massive reactions to the, um, to the vaccine, it's less likely that it's going to happen. Again, that's not, I mean, that's a generalization or whatever, but um, the more time that goes by, uh, things seem to be pretty well. So again, I'd rather take my chances down the road than suffer horribly. I mean, I'm sure you've seen videos of people being intubated and all these little kids and stuff like that. It's absolutely horrible. Your your loved ones can't see you, you know, right before you die because they're not allowed in the hospital. I'll take my chances down the road. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, New data from Singapore shows that even when vaccinated patients are hospitalized with Delta infections, they're Mm. far less likely to need supplemental oxygen. Right. And they clear the virus faster uh, than unvaccinated patients. Mm -hmm. Data from the UK suggests that they stop about 80% of infections. Unfortunately, the CDC in the US now thinks people who get infected with the Delta strain after vaccination might spread the virus just as easily as people who haven't been vaccinated. So the whole theory about you having a lower viral load uh, and therefore, you know, passing it on less doesn't seem to be holding up. Again, I think it might have something to do with the fact that it resides in your navel, nasal cavity and you're spreading it by breathing out on people. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what the story is there. But again, it looks like the story is changing. And again, that, that, you know, that sort of plays into the conspiracy theory mindset. Right. And it's also, you know, this is a thing we see all the time with an anti-science mindset or people that don't understand science. I've been having arguments with about, about this sort of thing with people for my entire life is, mm-hmm. They go, well, science science doesn't know anything. It changes its mind all the time. And like, yes, that's how science works. Yeah. It changes its mind it's when we get new data. That's yeah. why it's good. Yeah. It, it, it's, like, it's not surprising. Right. It, there's no ego. Uh, there's no emotions. It's like Spock. I thought this. Turns out I was wrong. This is the new thing. Let's move on. No, well, there's just, there's plenty of ego and there's, well, there's plenty of emotions in science. The but, scientific pursuit. You're talking yeah. about the humans. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's why the scientific method exists. It's to try exactly. and remove that at a meta level. If right. you have enough people doing that's why you can't listen to one scientist or one study or one piece of research because that's when emotions and ego are definitely involved Mm -hmm. because they're humans. You need to look at the the bigger picture of the consensus of the scientists and hope that some sort of... uh, uh, Trend? 
reliable fact yes. emerges yes. yeah out of the consensus of people that are working in the right. field yeah, and again that's one of the problems with this is you know I've got tons of people sending me tons of emails with well what about this story and what about that story and what about this article and watch this video etc cetera, etc cetera. and yeah look again as I've said many times there are millions of people with millions of opinions and and lots of them are smart intelligent mm-hmm. well qualified scientists you, the way that science works, though, is you need to turn to the consensus. Right. You need to say, well, what is the consensus of scientists who are actively working in the field? Otherwise, where do you go? Like, who do you believe? If there are 20 different scientists with 20 different opinions, who do you believe? Which right, one? Right, right. You either believe the one that you just tend to agree with or your cognitive bias agrees with their conclusions mm-hmm. Um, which we're all, you know, susceptible yes. to doing that. Or you, you go, okay, well, I'm going to go with what the consensus is. What does the consensus say? Right. I don't really know what the alternatives are. I mean, other than just sit on the fence and, and not take a position, right. which is what I end up doing with a lot of other issues, usually non-science-based issues. Yeah. but. Like, yeah. did, did Jesus really exist? I'm like, I don't know, yeah. man. Like, uh, I don't see evidence for or against really that I find convincing. Doesn't matter. Overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. Eh, no, not really. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'm on the fence. Right. I don't really have a position right. on it. I, I can see arguments both ways. You know, uh, did did uh, did the mob kill uh, or, or the CIA kill JFK? Right. I, I don't know. I don't really have a position yeah. on it. It's not really affecting I, my life. But again, these aren't... Yeah. These aren't matters of science. These are yes. history, sociological things where you don't get a lot of hard data. So, you know, but, it's really hard but to you say. Gr- this is you different. bring up a good point. So some two guys can get into an argument, almost getting into blows over Jesus, JFK, maybe even global warming, even though we do have uh, evidence about temperatures rising. That's, That's different. different. That's, That's different. Science. But the point is, let's just, let's just play it safe for a second and go, global warming is what? It's in the future. It's kind of getting closer, but it's still in the future. We are watching people die now in the hundreds of thousands in the United States and millions around the world. I mean, this is not an academic conundrum. This is, I mean, if if you are to the uh, still at this point going, I'm not even sure if it's real. Uh, it was created by the Chinese. Um, only 1% may die. I mean, if you're still holding on to that, if, if your attitudes haven't changed between uh, January of last year and now... I don't think there is anything anybody can say to you, not even Trump. I'm sure you saw the clip of Trump telling people to get vaccinated and he was booed by his own fans. So that is what confuses me more out of anything. This is happening now. It is truly life and death and there's nothing you can do about it. And we're not talking about your life and death. Your child could die. Your mother could die. Anybody in your family, your best friend could die. This is this shit's real. And there are still people who are going, I don't care. My individual rights are more important or, or whatever argument they want to make. I just find that truly astonishing that even issues of life and death can't shake these people from, from reassessing. Maybe it takes courage to reassess. I don't know, but they're not reassessing. Or they seem not to be. It takes yeah. takes catching COVID to reassess. Yeah, like there's until, sort of some, until someone um, in your family dies. Rep- yeah. Or you die. There was some Republican oh, ton- uh, party leader somewhere in the Texas, South. Texas, who- yes, several, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Even as he was dying yeah. uh, in ICU, he said no. <laughs> he was still, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, saying it wasn't real. Right. 
he died. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, though, you know, it looks like vaccinations aren't going to mean the world goes back to normal anytime mm-hmm. soon. Uh, we're, we're coming to grips with this in Australia at the moment. Yeah. Um, New South Wales, as you may have heard, uh, is is sort of in the middle of a massive outbreak. They're doing a thousand plus new cases a day at the moment. Uh, they've been in lockdown now for nine or ten weeks. Uh, very, but various levels of lockdown. It's kind of a bit of a soft, wishy washy uh, lockdown that they're running in there, which is probably one of the reasons why they haven't got it under control. Yes. Um, as of a day or so ago, when I did these numbers, they had twenty thousand two hundred sixty-six confirmed cases. Uh, deaths from confirmed cases were one hundred and thirty-two. Um, a couple of those now have been people in their thirties. Mm-hmm. There's a man and a woman, I think, in their thirties. Um, so th- that's a case fatality rate of point six five one three. Um, there are currently, again, this is a couple of days old, but there are currently 645 COVID cases in hospital, 113 of those in intensive care, and 40 of those were on ventilation. So 3.2% of cases are in hospital. So I was just imagining if it ran rampant in New South Wales, and again, New South Wales is catching up with vaccinations, but we're, you know, we're still behind most places Mm -hmm. in the world. But if it had run rampant pre-vaccination based on those right. numbers, the entire population of New South Wales, about 8.2 million people caught COVID. 3.2% ended up in hospital. That would be 261,000 people in hospital. I'm guessing you don't have that many hospital beds. That's a guess. Well, we're Are close. Okay. They've got about 21,000 okay. hospital beds. So there only be 240,000 hospital beds <laughs> short. we got to work on your math. Yeah. And this yeah. is... Yes. And this is this has happened you know when they're in you know some sort of soft lockdown but you know this is the thing that I don't understand where people still don't get yeah. the the reason we've been you know doing lockdowns mm-hmm. for the last 18 months is because of those numbers yes. right it doesn't seem that hard to comprehend to me unless I'm missing something here if you had the entire population get mm-hmm. it yeah, look, most people would survive. Yeah. Most, yeah. you know, most people would be fine. We know that a lot of the people who would die would be the elderly. Right. There'd be some younger people, comorbidities, their immune system doesn't cope. But you would still end up with, you know, two, 240,000 beds short in hospitals. Right. Dying in the streets. Um, yeah, what do, you, what do you do? And plus the healthcare workers getting catching it, getting sick. Good so, point. Yeah. Not enough beds, not enough hospitals, not enough medical staff. Right. So people were having heart attacks Tough. and, you know, uh, breaking their legs and being Take in car accidents A. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. no hospital Rub beds. Crystal on it. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Sorry. I, like, I, I just don't understand what the counter argument is to what we've been doing. But anyway, my yes. point was going to be that. Even when we're vaccinated, life isn't going to go back to normal. Um, as we've seen in places like Israel in the UK, um, Israel's numbers, their seven-day average daily case numbers went up uh, over 6,500 last right. week. Um, two months ago, 
they were almost zero. They'd conquered the wow. whole thing, it seemed like. Now they've in- reintroduced masks for indoors. The Green Pass has been recently reimposed. Residents have to prove their vaccination status before entering certain venues. You have to prove your vaccination status before you're allowed to um, kick Palestinians off their land and just uh, erect right. homes and say, sorry, this is mine but now. But you can't. Just you know, the all of these. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just show that you have a car. you just got to have a pass. you got to be Israeli right. and, and have a green pass now before you can just uh, take someone else's right. land that they've lived on for right. a thousand years. Uh, three weeks ago, Israel began offering a third booster mm-hmm. shots to the elderly and health care workers. But the good news is that hospital admissions have halved following the vaccination rollout. The death rate is much lower, as right. I said. Um, but, you know, if you imagine, like in the, the numbers that they're talking about in Australia, like the suggestion is when we hit 70 or 80% vaccination here, we're going to open up again, uh, remove the current restrictions. And again, they're talking about there will be thousands and thousands of cases right. And thousands of deaths that come out of that. But there has to be – it's obvious we're not going to eradicate right. it. So there, there has to be some sort of line that we're willing and able to tolerate a certain level of deaths wow. from COVID, like we tolerate deaths from the flu and deaths from mm-hmm. other things. Um, but in order to get there, we have to have – a majority vaccinated population yeah. or else the healthcare system will just continue to be yeah. overwhelmed, run the risk of being overwhelmed. Yeah, just the idea that you have to at some point say, you know what, okay, we've done all we can. We've, we've been shut down on and off for two or three years. We're just going to get to the point where we just accept there's going to be some deaths. Um, there's only so much, well, as Australia is huge. You can make all the cemeteries you want, but the idea that someone has to make that call uh, that that's pretty freaking gruesome, but but it's going to be things like that as long as a certain percentage of each country says, you know what, my individual freedoms, my body, my choice, whatever, or for whatever reason they do not get the vaccine and they are the ones keeping us dealing with this much more than it has to be. It's just again, it's just a numbers game, and 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 like you, I do not get why they can't um, get off the fence or actually cross over the fence and come over to our side. I don't get that at all. The argument that I'm sick and tired of of having to get involved in in Facebook, so I don't generally, but it's when people go, oh, look, all the people who are dying are 80. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Like, well, (laughs) sure, but they were going to die anyway, so it doesn't matter. You know, this is all a big storm in a teacup. You know, we shouldn't have, and their argument is we shouldn't have had lockdowns and restrictions, that kind of stuff. The argument again is like, yeah, but we would have had hundreds of thousands of people in hospitals when we've got tens of thousands of beds. Like it's... It's it's very simple to understand. We couldn't afford for the health system to get right. crushed by this, and it would have been crushed. It's all it's being crushed in places around the world yeah. already, right? Um, not as bad as they would have been crushed if they were had you know unvaccinated and um, and didn't have certain restrictions in place. But of course, again, even so, even when we are vaccinated and we start to open up, there are going to be yes. thousands of cases, thousands. Of, well, there's some. Here's some. I mean, this is Australian specific, but 
the Doherty Institute, which is doing most of the modelling for the government here in Australia, said that once we get 70 to 80% vaccination, the focus will shift to keeping the number of people going to hospital and dying at a minimum. In an average year with influenza, we roughly have 600 deaths and 200,000 cases in Australia. And our health system can cope with that. (coughs) Any death is sad and a tragedy for the family involved, but our health system can cope with with 200,000 cases of the flu. Most of them don't require hospitalisation, obviously, vast majority don't. With the COVID-19 modelling they're doing, opening up at 70% vaccine coverage of the adult population will result in about 386,000 symptomatic Mm. cases of COVID and about 1,500 deaths over a six-month period. So even then, it'll be far worse than the flu. That's compared to nineteen uh, about 989 deaths we've had in the last 18 right. months in Australia. So we'll have 1,500 in the first six months after we open up, even if we have 70% vaccine coverage. Well, that begs the question, uh, if you open up, does mm-hmm. that mean you're going to let tourists come back to Australia? Because I imagine... Yeah, I okay. assume that means you know right. opening up our borders okay. again. Yeah. In going and outgoing. But they say that if we put into place, um, you know, or keep in place the public health measures, test, trace, isolate, Mm -hmm. quarantine, we can probably keep it a lot lower. 2,700 infections and only 13 deaths over that six months. So... You know, there may be a path forward where, yeah, there will be infections and people will die, but we can keep it at at low levels. But we're still going to have to have majority of people vaccinated. And we we only have, as I said, like 9% of people that are uh, completely unwilling to get vaccinated in Australia. There's some more on top Mm -hmm. of that that are hesitant. But these, you know, um, we'll probably get to them in the end. So, yeah, we might be able to get 80, 90% vaccination levels. Let's um, let's talk about the safety okay. issues about the vaccines. Now, the AstraZeneca blood clot issues scared a lot of people, yep. in- including me. I mean, I don't want to die from a blood clot. I've always assumed I would die from a cerebral hemorrhage, though, uh, for my entire adult life because I just, yeah, it just would, you know, it's just the kind of thing that I yeah. imagine I would die from. If it's not, you know, a jilted lover uh, stabbing me, it's... Uh, which you know, those right. days are beyond me now, so I'm good. I haven't jilted anyone in a long time and good don't tend you. to jilt anyone. But uh, Or a former podcast right. host getting revenge. Well, fucking I mean, that's always possible. But, uh, oh, sorry. Sort of sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I thought you meant me. Yeah. Brain hemorrhage would get me. Um, so this thing that, that is associated mm-hmm. with AstraZeneca is a very rare condition called thrombosis with thrombocytopenia wow. syndrome Let's go or with that. TTS, right. tits. I just call you it tits. you got my attention now. Uh, yeah, right. What are my chances of tits, I said to my doctor. He said, I don't know. Are you taking estrogen supplements? Well, lose some weight. You'll be fine. Um. Tits involves right. blood clots uh, and low blood mm. platelet levels, and it usually occurs somewhere between four to twenty-eight days after right. vaccination. Now, as of the twenty-eighth of July, the most recent numbers I could get for Australia, 
uh, tits affects an average of 2.1 per 100,000 doses in Australia. They were, uh, well, it, it, you know, depending on your age, 2.7 2. per 100,000 in those over uh, under the age of 60, 1.8 per 100,000 in those right. over the age of 60. Um, so slightly less uh, dangerous to people over the age of 60. And in the, most of those cases, it occurs after the first dose of the vaccine. Now, the the mRNA mm-hmm. vaccines, Pfizer, Moderna, not associated with tits. Right. You don't get tits gotcha. from taking those vaccines. Now, the, the problem with AstraZeneca and tits is that blood clotting happens yes. in the population anyway, of course. Not all of the blood clots that people have suffered from or died from are ne- necessarily because mm-hmm. of AZ. Um. But uh, there does seem to be a potential right. connection there. And so, you know, they in this country, they were basing their whole rollout initially oh, yeah, on right. AZ. And another one that was being developed locally, it had some problems uh, associated with HIV, false positives. So they pulled that. Then they had to pull AstraZeneca, which is why we've been so hard for us to get vaccinated here because we bought a gajillion AstraZeneca right. things and then they said, oh, fuck, you might die from it. And and then they had all these, oh, you shouldn't take it, you shouldn't right. take it, you shouldn't get it, you should get it. And then no one wanted to get it and it all became very fucked up and badly, badly mm-hmm. uh, handled by the government here. But when you drill down into the numbers of uh, people who, you know, get sick and or die right. from blood clots uh, and its association with AZ, it's right. incredibly small. As of the 19th of August in Australia, um, there were 112 cases of tits following AstraZeneca, 62 confirmed and 50 probable out of 8.1 million vaccine doses. Only six of right. those have been fatal. So right. if my maths is correct, you have a 0.002% chance right. of getting tits from AstraZeneca. Yeah. If you do develop it, your chances of dying are 5%. Of the 0.0027% that develop symptoms, which means your chances of dying of blood clots from tits from AstraZeneca are 5% of 0.0027% or 0.0014%. But you're dealing with COVID that's scary. You're dealing with vaccines that are scary. And now you're telling me there's a slight chance, no matter how small, I might die. Uh, It's the emotional Wait, it's the fear. That, okay, yeah, yeah, sure. But, but you know, you you if you, you catch gotta, COVID, right, your chances of dying are well, yeah. I mean, de- mm-hmm. depending on where you live, and we talked about this on one right. of the earlier shows, it varies. You know, it seems in New South Wales at the moment it's running about six point six five percent, I guess. But normally they say somewhere between one and three percent. So if right. you take an average of two percent, so you've got point zero 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 one four percent 
for COVID. And there's no like severe side effects mm-hmm. from Pfizer and Moderna that we are aware of. You might get a fever or a chill or something like that. Some inflammation of the heart or membranes around the heart have been seen, but it's minor. Right. You're not going to die from it. It's like, you know, getting a flu shot you know, and, and you can have some um, mm-hmm. adverse reactions sometimes. You might, you know, I know Tony um, developed some really bad symptoms from AZ. He right. was in bed for a day or two. But you're not going to die. So your chances of dying uh, from uh, 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 the vaccine are 0.00014% versus, let's say, 2% if you get COVID. That means you're one and a half million times more likely right. to die if you catch COVID than you are. Yes, that if you is get a non emotional assessment. And yeah, that's you, not if, what a lot of anti vaxxers are doing. Yeah. If you if if you want to say, well it's not two percent, it's one percent or less than one percent. Okay, let's let's have it. Say, you know, uh, seven hundred and fifty thousand times right. the risk uh, higher the risk is of dying from COVID than it is dying from Yeah. So like it's easy math, right? It's uh like you were right. talking about your pop math to me before the show. <laughs> This is this is COVID yes. math, right? It's, it's easy. It doesn't matter. Right? It's like a girl slaps me across yeah. the face and says, yeah. I wouldn't sleep with you for a billion dollars. So I'd be like, aha. So there is a number. And that's the same thing for these people. They're like, well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So what I you're could telling die. me yeah, there is yeah. a chance. And I'm like, but and of course, but you're trying to use the logic and reason and numbers with these people. And that's not what they're focused on. Yeah. According to the CDC, more than 363 million doses of COVID-19 vaccines were administered mm-hmm. in the United States between December 14th, 2020 and August 23, 2021. During this time, the VAERS system, Vaccine Adverse right. Event Reporting System, received 6,968 reports of death which is 0.0019% among people who received a COVID vaccine. So not far from my 0.00... Well, there's a big difference between that and my 0.00014. So numbers um, in the US are higher of dying from a vaccine by you know, right. a point there. FDA requires healthcare providers to report any death after COVID vaccine to VAERS, even if it's unclear whether the vaccine was the cause. So this is where the numbers differ, right? Reports of adverse events to VAERS following vaccination, including deaths, do not necessarily mean Mm. that a vaccine caused a health problem. A review of available clinical information, including death certificates, autopsy, and medical records has not established a causal link to COVID-19 vaccines. So we according to yeah. the CDC. So what they're saying is, yeah, there is a 0.0019% uh, reporting uh, rate of people dying after they're getting a vaccine, but they have not established a causal link between the deaths and the vaccines. Just now, I, I have heard somebody uh, say, I think uh, one of the one of the um, people who's been sending me emails, I think it was Sebastian. You know, was pointing out that the uh, adverse reactions to COVID mm-hmm. in the VAERS system are much higher mm. than other vaccines. CDC's explanation for this seems reasonable. It's like, well, because of the COVID situation, they're really yeah. wanting Sounded to see off. everything that happens. Yes. They want to collect all of the data 
Um, and so they're putting a lot of pressure on you know, the, the medical community to report everything right. that could possibly right. be associated with the vaccine. So they have the data, they can analyze it, yeah. see if there are any trends going on. So these things are probably mm-hmm. being overreported. Uh, as they would be compared to right. maybe a, a, another vaccine. Um, and they're saying there's no causal link. Now, we, you know, again, there's this thing with the tits and the AZ. It's still a little bit, as, as I understand, the current state of the medical literature, they're not really sure. People just dying from blood clots and right. it's, it's coincidental. Or is it uh, causal? But, they don't yeah. really know yet. Now, what this brings to mind, though, is that people will say, oh, yeah, but then if somebody dies with COVID in mm-hmm. their system, they're called a COVID death because there's been a lot of a lot of suggestion over the last 18 right. months that those numbers are inflated um, and that these numbers are being uh, hedged. But, again, like it's not hard to understand that if, yes, you may already be sick, you, you right. may already have complicated issues, but COVID in your system speeds up your mortality, then yes, your right. death is associated with COVID. If the clinician decides that, yeah, look, this person already had some sickness, uh, but they would have survived another 12 months, but COVID killed them off because it just overwhelmed their system, then yes, that is a COVID death, even if you had cancer or, or you know, pneumonia right. or liver condition or whatever it is, diabetes. I don't know. Um, the counterpoint, though, is that, look, people die just because they had a vaccine and then they die doesn't necessarily mean that they're connected. Now, maybe they are, maybe they're not. But as far as I'm aware, there's no evidence yet to suggest that people who are dying, this the numbers are small as it is, but that it's got anything to do with the vaccines. Right. And that's you thinking about it and analyzing it, being open to it. If you were closed-minded to it, these numbers wouldn't matter anything to you. So again, you, you just wonder if you're talking to someone who absolutely re- refuses to change their mind, you can bring all the numbers you want. And those are some pretty good numbers and it's not going to. So it's something more than just, I don't trust the vaccine because it was rushed and it's government made and I don't trust the government. And so forget for them again, it's a very nuanced layered um, reasons why they're, they're saying no, they're probably going to keep on saying no to this. But but it is important to get keep gathering information about the effects of the vaccines absolutely. And look, you know, I know there are lots of studies out there that suggest that there may be causal links um and there may be causal links. We, mm-hmm. we won't know for out. years, you yeah. know. We won't know for years. But mm-hmm. again, it's known knowns, known unknowns and unknown unknowns. Like we do right. know that covid will fucking, you know, there's a good chance covid will kill you or make you very sick, and then you've got long COVID, right? Right. And, you know, it'll shut down the, you know, the the medical system and the yeah. economy and all this kind of stuff. Um, as far as we know, the, the vaccines don't have any short-term health risks. They mm-hmm. may have long-term, we don't know. But, again, it's known knowns versus known unknowns. Right. Another concern that I've read that people have about vaccines is something to do with antigenic drift. Antigenic drift, uh, this is new to me, uh, but it's kind of a genetic variation in viruses. Rises when you have like lots of mutations in the virus genes that code for the surface proteins, the things that the antibodies recognize. Yeah. 
Um, there's a that develops a new strain of virus particles that uh, won't be um, as the antibodies won't be as effective towards because it's different. Mm-hmm. We see this all the time with the influenza virus. Fortunately, the average mutation rate of COVID, despite the Delta and all that kind of stuff, it, it appears that SARS-CoV-2 virus, uh, the mutation rate is actually slower than right. it is with other viruses. Um, but, of course, when it's infecting hundreds of millions of people, the opportunities yes. for it to mutate and for those mutations to spread is always there. Absolutely. But this is, there's, there's one issue that the, the um, vaccines may not be effective against future variants, and, and we've already seen that to a degree with Delta, mm-hmm. as we discussed earlier. There's also something called antigenic shift as oh. opposed to antigenic drift. Antigenic drift. shift is when, when two or more different strains of a virus or strains of two or more different viruses. Oh, my God kind of um, have a baby and <laughs> create a new subtype that has what? a mixture of the surface uh, proteins, the antigens, that's right? sort of a combination of the two strains. It's like when you and I had a baby and it turned out to be, you know, well hung but the size of a monkey. It was it was very confusing to scientists con- at the time. I wasn't sure whether to be jealous or – anyway, go ahead. Fortunately, uh, mm-hmm. it seems that, again, COVID isn't really prone to antigenic shift either. Yeah. But, again, who knows? that said, if it infects billions of people, chances of these things happening and the vaccines not being effective are there. Right. Um, but that's one of the reasons why you have to get vaccinated is to try and stop it from infecting more people, right? The more infections we can prevent. Yes. And again, yes. this is assuming the vaccinations, you know, can prevent infection and transmission, which now is a little bit debatable. But the theory anyway is that if you can prevent transmission, prevent infection, you prevent the chances for it to mutate, right. new, more dangerous strains happening. Yeah. That's almost literally rocket science. More people vaccinated, the the less opportunities this thing has, and we buy more time. And how is this not a slam dunk? But it's not. Well, the thing is that these people's concerns are legitimate. They just minimally. So. I think. Well, it, it, it's a you know compared to the other concerns, mm-hmm. these concerns are not really. Uh, serious, right? Like they I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to downplay them as like these are stupid, because a lot of, of these course. people that have these concerns are really smart people. I'm saying they're just. I mean, for me anyway, when I think about the alternative scenarios, yes, there's a chance that these things are going to be risky. But again, they seem to be the the lesser of two evils. Let's yeah. put it that way. Well, like voting for Joe Biden. Exactly. But but another thing, if I live in Houston and I get in a car accident or I uh, have a heart attack. Mr. Harris, we're going to be able to help you, just not here. We're going to have to put you in an ambulance and drive for several hours and go somewhere else. I mean, and that's when you start getting deaths that aren't COVID, but they're related to COVID. So again, it's 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 about, and and it's not, it's not sexy to sit there and go. Our response to COVID should be as aggressive as it needs to be, so our healthcare system is not overloaded. Well, guess what? That's the reality of the situation because. 
Um, all of the accidents, the, you know, the car accidents, the heart attacks, the strokes, whatever, pretty soon all that stuff will not be taken care of as well as it could. So that's the reality and that's what we have to deal with. But that's that's hard to sell. That's a hard selling point for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. So think about all these people getting um, having, being rushed to emergency in the middle of the night because they got high and stuck some foreign object up their right. anus. Not again. I've sworn yeah, that off. We, oh, go ahead. After the first five times, you know, I hope you've learned the lesson. Uh, they, they, you know, think about those people. Yeah. What are they going to do? My if, heart bleeds if, for them. If, if the hospitals are over. My ass bleeds for Well, they'd be for bleeding. Them. Right. Yeah, they'd be bleeding from. <laughs> Just finally on yes. the risk side of it, is people um, claim to be worried about the long-term effects of mRNA vaccines because there are no one. And as I said, even my doctor said, well, you know, there's possibly a long-term risk. Yeah. But then he said he gets all of his news from the newspaper. Um, as I understand it from my reading, scant reading of the medical literature over the last couple of weeks. Sure. mRNA can't insert itself into your DNA for two reasons. Mm-hmm. Now, starting with that, by the way, but as I said before, the way it's designed to work is when they inject you with the vaccine, your body destroys the spike proteins that it creates, learns how to destroy future versions of that, and also destroys the mRNA in your body. So it's gone. Yeah. That's the theory. It doesn't exist after it does its job. Now, maybe that's not 100% effective and people are worried about what this stuff floating around in your body is going to do, but... What it's designed to do is build spike proteins. That's what it does. It's not going to build an elephant. It's mRNA. It's genetic code. I mean, we do know how genetic code works these days. We've we've known it for decades. We're very good at building stuff. Um, So, you know, we kind of know what it does. It's not going to do something that it shouldn't do. I mean, it's highly unlikely that it's going to give you a tail, although if it did, that would kind of be fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, particularly if it's like a you know, whiplash, oh, you know, kind of tail where true. I could just, yes, I could just, I could be, I could, I could be holding something in my hands, and a fox gives me cheeks, just <laughs> slap him around the head yes. with my That's tail. That's just good parenting. Oh, imagine! Yeah. Hey, I didn't tell you, Chrissy and I started kung fu lessons a couple of weeks oh, ago. Crap. We're going to Wing Chun kung fu right. twice a week. Okay. Did you um, warn Fox? It's going, we love it. Okay. It's going great. Yeah, he's pissed that he's not old enough to go. They have to be eight right. to go to this school. I wouldn't he's teach him. Seven. Can I give you some advice right now? Don't teach that boy how to use his hands as weapons. Yeah. Not a good yeah. recipe. Just saying. I'm learning it to defend myself <laughs> against him. I'm scared enough that Chrissy's learning it, to be that is quite frank. But I'm just scary. thinking, yeah. if I could, if I had a tail, I could pull that into my wing chunk. Yeah. Oh, oh, how amazing that would be. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. Outside of all of that stuff, mRNA can't insert itself into your DNA right. for two reasons. One, the molecules have different chemistry. Um, yes. So they're, they're not the same thing, right? As I said before, DNA produces RNA, which produces proteins. Mm-hmm. If mRNA or if RNA could just get itself into your DNA, people would have all sorts of problems because right. we have RNA in our bodies all the time. If it could insert itself into your DNA. They just create havoc in the way that our DNA worked. Yeah. Yeah. It would scramble your genome, Mm -hmm. which doesn't happen. So we know that that, by the laws of chemistry, doesn't happen. Life forms 
If life forms existed where mr where RNA could insert it, and mRNA is just RNA, right? It's just designed to deliver something. Mm-hmm. If RNA could insert itself into your DNA, life forms would just not exist. They would just not survive. Right. It would just fuck with their DNA, right? They wouldn't be able to perpetuate. You know, themselves. you're ruining like 25 percent of sci-fi movies right now. Uh, but oh, listen, you get hit with gamma rays, all bets are off. You can turn, you can still turn into the Incredible Hulk if you get hit with gamma rays. Don't okay. get me wrong; that's, that's proven science. <laughs> I stand corrected, sir. And I bow. Most people don't know that you start off. See that, and if that ever does happen to you, don't be surprised if you start off as a grey Hulk, oh. because aficionados of the Hulk, like me, remember that the Hulk was originally grey. Right. Flashback, okay, and yeah. could talk. You know, he could talk. He could, you know, yeah. he, he was like Frankenstein. <laughs> who, you know, he speak in Frankenstein English. <laughs> then. He continued to mutate right. and became that, green and lost that intelligence and then just went to Hulk that smash. Makes sense. And then, of course, as you get better control right. through practice, like Dr. Robert Bruce Banner, depending on which version of his name sure. you want to take, uh, you, you become a highly intelligent version and of the Hulk, where it's the best of both worlds. Huge. You've got Banner's right. brain, the Hulk's brawn. Uh, that's the ultimate yes. Hulk, yeah. right? That's, what I, oh, that's, that's, that's when you've transcended the ultimate Hulk. That's what I want. That's why I, I'm trying to get COVID. I'm hoping that's the end stage. Anyway, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Now, life has evolved for this not to happen, RNA to insert itself into your DNA. The second reason that the vaccine mRNA and the DNA can't interoperate is they're in two different parts of the mm. cell. The DNA is in the nucleus. mRNA goes into the cytoplasm, doesn't get into the nucleus. Right. There are no transporter molecules that we know of that can carry mRNA into the nucleus. Now, having said that, there are some extremely rare exceptions. There's uh, something called retrotransposons that can hijack cellular mRNA, convert it into DNA, then insert that DNA back into your genetic material. This has occurred sporadically throughout the evolutionary record, producing some ancient copies of mRNA scattered throughout our genome. They're called pseudogenes. Mm. Some retroviruses like HIV, for example, can insert their RNA into our DNA using a similar sort of method to the retrotransposons. Okay. So very rare instances where this can happen, but it requires these sort of retro transposon uh, elements. But even if that did happen, mm-hmm. even if the vaccine mRNA managed to get into your DNA, it would just tell it to produce the spike protein because it's a recipe, gotcha. like for a chocolate right. cake. It's not going to produce the virus okay. or anything else. It's going to exactly. produce... Chocolate cake. You're going to have yummy, yummy chocolate cake. Uh, right. That your body will then destroy because it's built chocolate cake antibodies. Now I want some cake. Right. Now, the, the fear that people have about this might have come. There was one study that reported evidence for coronavirus RNA integrating into the human genome and cells grown in a lab that have been infected with COVID. But that paper didn't look at the mRNA vaccine. Mm-hmm. 
and wasn't a very good gotcha. study, lacked critical controls, ended up being completely discredited right. but anyway. we've seen once something is out there, it kind of doesn't matter if it gets discredited later. It's already out there and it's already entered and people have moved on to the next story, yada, yada, yada. So sometimes that kind of damage can't truly be re- – or the perception can't be changed. So, look, that's all I've got. Uh, for mm-hmm. this episode, we're nearly two hours. I ran out of time this week to do oh, more. We don't have any more time to do it today anyway. Um, I do want to talk about, okay, well, if not vaccines, what do people think we should do? I want to talk about Ivermectin mm-hmm. um, and, and that whole stuff. I We may do another episode on that. I, I also really want to do an episode or a series on Afghanistan, yeah. um, particularly going back. Yeah, I want to talk about what's going on at the moment and try to break that down. But I want to go back and talk about the history of Afghanistan over the last, uh, you know, this time I won't go back to Alexander the Great as I normally do, but I will uh, start. I want to start in the 70s because the thing that frustrates me in all the articles I've read about what's going on at the moment and the history of Afghanistan is this um, negligence by the media when they're talking about the history to talk about how this problem was created in the first place. The fact that the Taliban, like Al-Qaeda, was created by the CIA in the late 70s -hmm. and early 80s. When I say created, I mean in its virulent form, in its its current form. You know, it it existed, Taliban existed originally as madrasas, like religious schools, came out of uh, British-occupied colonial Mm -hmm. India. Uh, as a way of trying to fight back against, you know, the sort of colonialization, try to teach uh, uh, fundamental Islam uh, to the the young boys of right. India, ended up spreading to Pakistan after the independence uh, and and the mm-hmm. division of the countries, and then into Afghanistan, but really got. Uh, jet-fueled by the CIA in the late 70s and early 80s. And that doesn't get talked about enough. And the other thing that doesn't get talked about enough is, again, people often talk about the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan. What they leave out, frustrates me, is that America, the CIA and the Carter administration engineered the the grounds for the Soviet invasion Mm. deliberately. They were they were funding the Taliban and the Mujahideen and arming them to destabilize deliberately to destabilize Afghanistan before the Soviets oh, intervened. And the Soviet invasion was a peace mission. There, there'd been terrorist attacks, including the American ambassador right. in '79 um, who was killed. There was a rise of um, fundamentalist Islamic terrorism in Afghanistan. Afghanistan had a pro-Soviet government, and uh, as a result of the rise in terrorism and the destabilization of the country, the Soviets sent in troops to try and, right. <clears throat> you know, get control of the situation. It was a, it was a, you could look at it as a yeah. peace mission. And the Soviets had their own agenda. They wanted to keep it inside Spirit. their Soviet uh, right. Sp- block, right? But still, it was, but the terrorist incidents that were happening there were, uh, in large part, a direct result of the CIA deliberately engineering it. And Zbigniew Brzezinski, uh, who was Carter's uh, sec of state at the time, admitted later, yeah, yeah we, we did that. 
You know, we we Jeez. deliberately. I said to Carter, "We're going to we're going to draw the Soviets in here by destabilizing the country." I'm right. paraphrasing, but in his uh, one of his books, I've read a number of his books. Fascinating guy. Um, he admitted to that. Yeah, we did that, but that doesn't get talked about in the particularly the American media or in any other mainstream right. Western media. It doesn't get. Yeah, well, the Americans created this situation in the first place, and so what we're living with today with ISIS, with Al Qaeda, mm-hmm. with the Taliban are all results of the U.S. going in and fucking with this region, deliberately creating terrorists, and this is what we're dealing with 40 years later. So anyway, I want to do a series on that. I I, I intend to do it in the Cold War series, but, you know, it's going to take us 50 years (laughs) to get up to the late 70s in the Cold War series. Because this is blowing up and it's all over the media, it might be time we do it. Timey-wimey, yes. Yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll work that out uh, next time. Hope everyone uh, learned something from today. And if you Please. disagree with me, good. Send me emails. Tell me why. But don't go. Don't send me emails saying you got to watch this yeah. video. I'm not going to watch a fucking hour-long video. If you disagree with the data or the analysis of the data, send me something that's specific that I can read. And don't, on the show. you know, don't, don't send me one report of this and one report of that. Again, as I say, I know there's a million studies they reach different conclusions. That doesn't help. We're looking for yeah. consensus, consensus on this. One study that says this or one scientist that it's says that is make. useless yeah. like right. tits on a ball, and I don't mean thrombosis. Um, like it's it's pointless. Right. It's stupid. If you send me if you send me those sorts totally. of things, you know, you, you just don't get how right. this works. Right, you you may be very very smart, um, and I respect that, and I respect you. But you got to understand that one opi- one opinion, one study, one scientist doesn't matter. That's not how this works. Yeah. It's useless, right? We need to look at the broader picture. And if you think, well, you can't trust the broader community because they're all corrupt, then send me evidence for how, why that they're corrupt. And and I'll pay attention to it because again I don't give a shit. I I don't I, I don't care the where the facts lie. I yeah. just want to know what's going on. I don't believe. I don't. You know I don't. You know I, I criticize mainstream governments and corporations all the time. I believe they're corrupt. I believe they lie. But you gotta you gotta you gotta back up your arguments with you know the right kind and the right amount of evidence. Otherwise you're just mouthing off. We do know. that already. We don't need your help. Yeah, yeah, we can. That's what we do. That's our job. Mouthing off with half-baked theories. That's what we get paid to do. That's right. Leave We've it to the professor. Quite some time now. So, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> hold, hold my beer. <laughs> Bullshit. 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 Bullsh